Now for a broader look at the market, I'd like to welcome in Ben Emmons, Senior Portfolio Manager, Head of Fixed Income and Macro Strategy at New Edge Wealth. Ben Emmons, good to see you. Thanks for being here. So, look, you know, we've made it through. We heard from the Fed. We'll have another winning week, it seems, here. Um, November drawing to a close. What are your thoughts going forward here for December? Hey, Nicole, it's great to be back on your show. Um, so I do think the, uh, the the Fed narrative is sort of shaping in the next week or so because we've seen a lot of hawkish commentary coming out, but as these minutes indicated, the debate is about how far to go with that terminal rate the, where the Fed, the Fed likes to end up. And so we get core PC, we're getting payroll data, we're getting um, the CPI obviously right before the Fed meeting. So that's a, a really key a series of data that we have to watch here as we get into December, which still shapes up to be a pretty good month because as you just showed in the in the intro, you know, it's interesting to see the Dow Jones really breaking out of the bear market for this year. And you can see it also in say the equal weighted index for the S&P or some of the semis and, and even value stocks are starting to break out. So it does show that we're, we're actually gearing up for perhaps a, a message from the Fed that's really clear where we end up in and at the same time, the economy doesn't show any sign of immediate recession. So I do think it's a, it's a good month ahead. So maybe some better news versus worse, worse news at this point. Um, you know, there are things that you're looking at. I mean, you're looking at rates and inversion and credit. Um, where do these fall into your thesis? Conversion is that, of course, a worst and everybody points to that that is your indicator for a recession in the near future. But, you know, if you look at this chart, for example, that is driving it, I guess, um, to an extent, you're getting a lot of like shorts that are, are still really large in treasuries and, and equities. And yet the inversion of the yield curve is pointing to, I think, more of a real slowdown, but maybe not yet recession, because it's all about the Fed story, really, that's in that yield curve driving it to deeper, deeper uh, inversion. And ironically, Nicole, you could actually get some short covering as a result because people are getting pretty confident about, okay, in fact, we know your trajectory, we know you wanna, where you want to get to. We're seeing price pressures easing. We know the economy is slowing. So it gives actually more comfort for people like we're not ending up maybe in a really bad scenario and we're getting some certainty about where you want to head to. So that short covering can become a technical factor into the year end, therefore driving you know, equity markets a bit up the higher and yields a bit lower. Yeah. So at this point now, you know, we do see some things run up. You see short covering happening sometimes. We're expecting some window dressing, end of the year window dressing. Um, what do you tell investors? What should they do with their money? Well, I still think that you have to be defensive, obviously, because if we are heading towards a recession, that's true. And this is, of course, not a good event. It will impact earnings. It will impact margins. So you can't be just playing the strategy about, okay, Fed may come to the tightening end next year, may, may stop raising rates, and therefore I'm going to completely switch my position. We also want to pay, take notice of what's happening globally. Right? We are dealing with a, a harsher lockdown again in China. Uh, that is going to affect global economy, at least, I think, in, into the first quarter. So that's a negative development against the positives about the commodity prices continue to decline, the supply chain pressures continue to ease. And so I think it's sort of a, a let's say, we'll call pivot Goldilocks kind of a scenario. Eventually, the Fed will pivot in, the, in maybe later next year 
And the Goldilocks developing around you know, the inflation picture finally started moderating. If you look at PPI data in Spain and Germany over the last two days, really seeing declines coming through. So I think it gives you the sense of staying defensive, but these industrial sectors, uh, maybe some of the value and, and semis are becoming interesting, I think, as, as the markets start to try to break out of the, the bearishment in those sectors. All right, so values, semis. I mean, the truth is, um, you know, people are feeling cautious, I guess. And something I saw a stat today that I thought was interesting, Ben, your thoughts about how much people are using credit and credit cards and how that's growing. In fact, it's growing at the fastest pace in more than 20 years. Do you find that worrisome? Yeah, it is worrisome because it's probably driven by inflation, right? I mean, as, as we have more than you now let's say about seven eight percent inflation averaging over the entire year and people's real incomes have been squeezed they're using credit cards i guess to sort of manage their cash flow as they're dealing with with higher costs and at some point you hope that the inflation picture just flips entirely that we're not dealing with a further increase of credit because if you do and you do hit recession and you know, at some point in the, in the, say the next coming year or so then you will get a, a major household deleveraging, so to speak. And those credit balances will, will have to be paid up one way or the other. So it is worrisome. We, of course, know for years now that the corporate sector has been significantly leveled too. A lot of borrowing has happened there. So these are, I think, you know, specific risk factors that are at some point in the future going to affect markets. Okay, and I wanted to pick your brain on the world of crypto, blockchain. Uh, we've seen obviously the fallout of FTX and the bankruptcy filing there. Are there beneficiaries? Are there warnings? Um, what's your takeaway? Are you? We've talked about crypto together, um, digital assets. What are you telling people who invest in that group or want to invest in that group? I think the technology remains extremely important technology and, and evolutionary and, and innovative. So I think despite what happened with FTX, that the, the bullish story about crypto technology hasn't really changed. But, you know, the FTX story is another example of where there was leverage used and there was not sufficient oversight. And that leads to this fortunately more, somewhat more isolated event in the crypto space, at least, to a major deleveraging, and the fallout from it will still be going on. A fair bit of stories out there, and I think if you look at it from a macro perspective, cut through the noise and say, crypto remains a really important asset class from here. It, it is technology that will be widely implemented in the financial system and in the payment system. It just requires more regulation. That's not really shaping up as a result of the FTX crisis. So I say. Don't be bearish fully on, on crypto. Stay stay with this asset class too, because I do think it has a lot of potential. Ben Emmons, great to see you. New Edge Wealth. Thank you, thank you Ben.